This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Everyone needs to unload to someone who's unbiased and who isn't judging. Visit betterhelp.com super and unload the stress. Hey, brother. Guys, it is the week of Christmas and what could be more Christmassy than Voldemort and his band of Death Eaters? <laughs> okay, but to be fair, Harry does come back from the dead and Christmas is like Jesus's birthday, so. Christmas movie. Or wait, it was coming back Easter. In any case though, today we are going to be talking about Voldemort and the origin of the term Death Eaters for his followers. This is a topic that we've talked about in the past, but we have a fresh take on it that I think makes even more sense. And it even further ties together Harry and Voldemort's wand in a really cool way. So today we uncover why they are called Death Eaters. Guys, before we dive on in, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, HelloFresh. It is the holiday season, everything is so hectic, and it is really difficult to find the time to get dinner on the table. And that's what makes HelloFresh just so helpful. It cuts out all of the meal planning and trips to the grocery store. You can actually enjoy cooking again and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. My wife and I just had our first child, and the fact is, all three of us have completely different taste in food. Well, my daughter has one specific taste in food, but Allison and I completely different. But HelloFresh offers the flexibility to customize orders every week. You can add extra protein and sides, change up the serving size, and even double up on your favorite recipe. So when we find a recipe we both like, we can make sure we have plenty. And honestly, it's just a great opportunity for Alice and I to get to spend time together because all of the recipes are pre-portioned and measured out. So all you have to do is throw it together. So get started today by heading over to hellofresh.com SCB14 and use promo code SCB14 to get 14 free meals and three free gifts. That is 14 free meals and three free gifts when you get started today. One more time, that's gonna be hellofresh.com slash SCB14. Use promo code SCB14 to get 14 free meals, three free gifts. Link is in the description down below. Okay, so the term Death Eaters has always sounded like really ominous and dark, but we've never really been given any actual explanation as to why they're called Death Eaters. Right out of the gate, I feel like it brings some type of like cannibal-esque thing to mind, like they literally eat the dead. Or or if you wanna get fun with it, maybe it makes them sound like some type of like pro wrestler, you know, like I eat death breakfast. They do have fun masks, but there really is no explanation at all that suggests that this is something that they do other than maybe Greyback, but that's a completely different situation because he's a werewolf. Also, not even technically a death eater. Also, also, I think could make it as a pro wrestler. Also, 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 who knows that he isn't already? However, there is another aspect of Voldemort's existence that is just absolutely shrouded in mystery that might give us some idea as to where the Death Eater title comes from, and that is the idea or approach to how you make a Horcrux. After all, at the very least, we know that it involves killing somebody, but the second part is something that's never been explained. Although I do think that it can be assumed that whatever it is is something that actually happens after the person is dead, because we actually talk to someone who remembers their death that was killed and turned into a Horcrux. And that person is the ever-reliable Moaning Myrtle. I just remember seeing a pair of great big yellow eyes. I always thought this was particularly interesting because one, the diary really isn't that significant of an artifact at all. Two, Moaning Myrtle is not a very significant person to have killed. And three, Voldemort himself didn't actually kill her. It was the Basilisk. Though to be fair, it is on his order. So I, I just don't know how it works. 
it obviously did. Anyway, Horcruxes, how are they made? The only other tidbit we have on this is really just a legend that when the author explained to her editor how it was done, it nearly made them throw up. But the more I think about that particular detail, the more I just come to believe that it is in fact just legend or that maybe the editor just had food poisoning. But to that end, what we are left with, the information that we have is someone who is in fact dead, something that is apparently disgusting that happens and a group of people called Death Eaters. So the cannibalism thing sort of tracks. But just here recently, I was scrolling through the TikTok as you do, which by the way, we are officially on TikTok now, if you'd like to go and follow us at Super Carlin Brothers. But I came across this girl, AKA Kirby Alice, who has a completely different take on the story. And I think it really lines up nicely. At the very least, it sent us down quite a rabbit hole. And we ended up learning a lot about Wanwoods in the wizarding world. The idea starts with the big bad himself, Tom Riddle, AKA the Dark Lord, AKA Voldemort. Voldemort's wand has always been a particularly interesting artifact within the wizarding world. Because right out of the gate, Harry is matched with a wand that has a feather from the same phoenix that's in Voldemort's wand. The phoenix, whose tail feather resides in your wand, gave another feather, its brother gave you that scar. I gotta say, Ollivander's casting, simply tremendous. Also, Ollivander as a character, what a total true neutral, am I right? Like, I think during our video where we're talking about all the different alignments, we said Cedric, but Ollivander works too. But the fact that these two wands share a core is very important. And it really comes into focus in Goblet of Fire when Voldemort and Harry are dueling in the graveyard. Well, let's pause it right there because despite these two characters sharing the same core, they do have different wand woods and the symbolism behind those wand woods says a lot. In fact, I would go so far as to say that Voldemort's Wandwood in particular has everything to do with where the name Death Eaters actually comes from. Voldemort's wand is made of yew wood, which according to Pottermore, are among the rarer kinds, and their ideal matches are likewise unusual and occasionally notorious. Occasionally notorious? Look at this thing. Who didn't see this coming? You just know, Ollivander was like just whittling away one day and was like, this is gonna be good. Terrible. Anyway, this is the lore-based description, meaning that within the Harry Potter universe, this is absolutely true about this particular wood. But what makes his wand even more interesting is what yew wood represents out here in the real world. Yew trees have many different unique characteristics and properties, but one of the ones that stands out in particular is that they are very frequently planted specifically in graveyards. This is due to the fact that nearly every single part of the yew tree is poisonous. The branches, the leaves, the berries, all of it. And by planting yew trees in these burial grounds, it prevents other wildlife from scavenging the area. So right out of the gate, it is not a far reach between the real tree and the character of Voldemort. I mean, poison in graveyards, that's like two of his favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Can you imagine a Voldemort version of that? <laughs> These are a few of my favorite things. I mean, he literally turns like a lake inside of a cave into a graveyard and then hides one of his horcruxes inside of like poison in the middle. Interestingly though, because they are specifically planted in graveyards where nothing else is specifically planted, it means that these yew trees aren't competing with any other plants for nutrients, sunlights, anything. Thus, they tend to be extremely healthy and live for hundreds, if not even over a thousand years, which is bananas or not bananas because bananas don't last very long, which isn't quite immortality, but is super duper in line with exactly what Voldemort is trying to do. Achieve immortality, defeat death, or should I say eat 
death. Yeah, because here's the thing. Yew trees being planted in graveyards means that they're absorbing nutrients from the soil around them in a graveyard. And the thing about the ground in graveyards is that it's full of, you know, graves. So the yew tree in a way is in fact a death eater. And that right there is the theory. The reason that they're called death eaters is directly related to the wand wood of Voldemort's wand. And honestly, I actually think this tracks in several different ways. For one, Voldemort grew up in an orphanage where he knew he was special, but didn't know why. He was just able to make things happen. I can make bad things happen to people who are mean to me. This scene is also where he witnesses somebody use magic for the very first time, which is Dumbledore literally setting his wardrobe on fire. And his reaction is, Riddle stared from the wardrobe to Dumbledore. Then his expression greedy, he pointed at the wand. Where can I get one of them? Voldemort's wand is much more than just a wand to him. It's like a rite of passage. It's the thing that makes him special. It is the truest extension of his own power. To him, his wand is everything. And when he can't defeat Harry with his own wand, he goes on a three book side quest to find one that he believes will defeat him. Which by the way, was a total waste of time. Little did he know <coughs> about what was gonna happen at Malfoy Manor between two schoolyard rivals. Gotta fight over a stick. Change history. It's not even the sticking question. I don't, whatever. Another interesting detail about the orphanage situation is the fact that yew trees in graveyards typically are very healthy because they have no other competition. But yew trees in general are also known for being able to survive in the worst possible soil conditions, which again fits Voldemort. At the orphanage, he was all alone. He was in poor soil and yet his magic still thrived. Even the Horcruxes fit. Like after he tries to kill Harry, he's less than the meanest ghost, but he lives anyway, maybe not thriving but eventually is reborn in a graveyard. And that brings us full circle to the other wand that is present during that graveyard duel, Harry's Holly Wand. Now, you might not think that Harry's wand would have anything at all to do with Voldemort's naming of the Death Eaters. And that's probably true, but at the very least, the symbolism attached to Harry's wand fits the same idea that the inspiration for the Death Eater name came from Voldemort's wand. Because if you is the death eating wood, then Holly is pretty much the death blocking wood. And you know, when it comes to death blocking, Harry's kind of an expert. I mean, I guess he's only ever technically done it the one time, but that, that's way more than anyone else. But Hollywood, according to Pottermore, wait, Hollywood? Like famous? Harry's famous? Hollywood? Doris Crockford, Mr. Potter, I can't believe I'm meeting you at last. According to Pottermore, Holly is a traditional symbol of luck, prosperity, and protection from evil. So yeah, that seems to fit. But we also did some digging into the meaning of the Holly tree. And did you know that they used to give babies baths in the water from Holly trees in order to protect them? Let me do a think here. Are there any famous babies who are protected from harm in Harry Potter. I, guess, I mean, I guess to be fair, not like completely from harm. He does get the lightning scar. But on that note, did you know that holly trees resist lightning? Well, they do. And we can't make this stuff up. I was actually pretty excited to learn that particular piece of information because way back when we made a theory about what actually powers the Avada Kedavra spell and our theory is that it's lightning. But of course, Harry resists it because he is holly would. By the way, if you wanna see that entire video, you can do so by clicking the card right over here. But the short version of it is, is that it's part of the reason why Harry Scar is specifically shaped like lightning. And that the chapter where Dumbledore dies is literally called the lightning struck tower, where, you know, Dumbledore is of course struck down 
at the top of a tower. And, and, and though, if you really wanna bring the entire video full circle and the reason that we decorate with holly around Christmas, it's because they are meant to represent the crown of thorns that Jesus wore when he was nailed to the cross. And of course, Harry also comes back from the dead. So in the end, Voldemort's wand is the death eater and Harry's wand is the death blocker. And personally, I think it's amazingly cool that you have the phoenix feather as kind of like this connective tissue between these two, but then they're woods that represent both of their respective ideals. For my question of the day, what is your wand woods? Mine is personally phoenix feather, walnut wood, 10 and a half inches. Let us know in the towel section down below. But guys, as always, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like some more Harry Potter action from us, you can check out this video right here, which was our first stab as to why they were called Death Eaters. Or if you'd like to find out how Voldemort got his wand back after so many years, you can check out this video right here. Otherwise, until next time, bye.